Hello and welcome to the Elm Park Rolls podcast. My name is Paul Mann and I will be hosting the show today. Well, since the start of this podcast, I've had loads of different fans from around the world who've given their opinions on the club. We've also had journalists, but I've been trying to get a player on for quite a long time. And finally, I've managed to get probably, I think, the best player I could get on from the club Someone who most fans would say is the backbone of Reading Football Club and has been for the last three years since he signed Liam Moore. Hi Liam, how are you? Very good, thank you. And some introduction. Um, I'm happy to be doing it, as I was saying off air a minute ago. Um, I think it's nice that people get to know a different side of myself. And if it goes well, hopefully other players will be willing to do it as well. And um, yeah, Reading's a family club. That's hopefully you can start relating to us and, and we can move forward as a family. Yeah, totally. And I'm feeling that. I do feel a little bit of pressure now. He's saying, hoping it goes well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it will. I'm sure yeah, I'll, I'll try my best. Um, so what do you say the mood is in the training now at the moment, say, compared to three months ago? Because as a fan, it totally transformed. As a player, um, we're on the same wavelength there as well. Um, a few months ago, it was, it was difficult to come in uh, on a personal note. Um, I hate losing. And I hate losing, um, which it almost felt like without a backbone. We was going down week in, week out, and we couldn't see the end of the tunnel, to be honest with you. So the last few months, um, things have gradually got better, and then you probably came at the right time. Um, things have got very good over the last couple of weeks. We've had some good results. It's just nice to be here. It's nice to be around the lads again. Um, it's nice to be around good humans. I think that, that, that's a good start. Um, people that want to do well for themselves, but want to do well for each other. And a manager that's uh, steering the ship, so it's a nice place to be at the minute. Yeah, the manager, Jose Gomez, Jose Gomez is just such an incredible impact since she's come in. The fans are behind him, they're chanting his name. How have you found him since he's come into the club? Very good. Um, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't a bit sceptical when his name got announced. Um, you know, it's just a normal thing. You, if you don't know them, you wiki them. <laughs> I did that myself, I'm guilty of that. Um, Obviously, the first thing that struck out was the amount of clubs he'd had. So then you're thinking, oh, like, what's he done at those clubs? Why has he not kind of stayed around? Um, but you have to come in with an open mind. Um, he definitely did. And I think from the first couple of days, you could really tell how uh, personable he was. Asking about people's families, um, the passion is a big thing. And we're not even going to go into the, on this bit here, uh, tactics or anything like that. We're just going to go into the side of... Um, you know, like I say, the passion and the meaning it is to him and uh, the basics, which is when you're a kid, when you're six or seven and you're starting football, it's not about if you're playing 4 4 2 or, or back then it's probably seven aside, you know, two at the back or anything like that. It's about running, uh, fighting, tackling, shooting, scoring. And it sounds silly, but he's massively on all of that. Um, and since coming in, he's kind of stripped it back a little bit um, with little doses of his own. Um, tactics and formations but he's stripped it back and it's it's working for us and, and this is the Reading way um, I said it before in an interview I've looked I looked into coming to Reading um, about what the club was like it was a big move for myself and my family and it, it was it was a family club um, it was voted family club of the year for a few different years as well and you need to be able to relate to us uh, on the pitch so fans need to become coming to games, watching us and, and knowing exactly what we're doing and knowing what they're going to get from us. And at this moment in time, Jose Gomez is the best person to, to be the link between the players on the pitch and the fans in the stands. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, you couldn't get more of a mood improvement than we've seen in the last couple of months. I mean, if you look at the just the last eight games, we're fifth in the form table with 14 points. That's actually almost promotion form, which is the total opposite of where we are. We go to a game, as you were saying before, as a fan, I was almost dreading going to matches. It wasn't really enjoyable. Um, but... You go because you love the club, <laughs> you've got a season ticket, you go along and you hope for the best. And that was exactly what you were getting some weeks. Um, I wasn't seeing a bunch of players that were playing together. But now in the last few months, and as you pointed out, the loan signings have all been sensational. I can't say all of them and the completely, not just in their ability wise, we can go through that maybe later. But personality wise, their attitude has been outstanding. Nelson Oliveira, he comes in. He gets man of the match in his first game, scores a penalty at Bolton, yep. hasn't played for 10 months. I don't think you can doubt his attitude there. Uh, then he has the incident with Tyron Mings. We won't go into that. Then he has the surgery, comes back, wants to play in the next match. Um, I, what can you say about these players that have come in like Nelson? He's just brilliant. Absolutely. And if you'd have read out all them different incidences to someone who didn't know, and says he's on loan you'd, you'd say he's mad <laughs> yeah. you know he's got a contract at another club and that club looks like it's on the way to the Premier League so he could have come here for a little bit of match fitness and a, a little bit of holiday if you like um, but he's rolled up his sleeves and he's, he's dug in and um, himself and the rest of the loan lads I honestly can't speak higher enough of them and that includes Saeed as well mm. um, he's came in he's, he had a very good start to his Reading career picked up a big injury um, and around the training ground, he's had a smile on his face. He's dug in, he's worked hard, and he's back on the training pitch now with four games to go, and hopefully he'll play a part. Yeah, hopefully. We saw him in a few games earlier in the season, and he looked like he definitely was improving match by match. But obviously he got the, picked up the uh, injury. It'd be interesting to see how he could get into the team at the moment, because that midfield with... Uh, Lewis Baker and Rinomoto in there. I mean, Rinomoto, how amazing his impact since he's come in for a young player. He looks like he's played 150 matches. Yeah, what a brilliant guy as well. Um, yeah, I really like Andy. Um, do you know, towards the end of uh, Paul Clement's um, era here, if you like, um, he was it was screaming out that Andy needed to be on the pitch uh, in training. Everybody could see it. he was really on it every day, um, and the way that the style that he wanted us to play, he fit perfectly into it. And if anything, I think maybe that one might be one thing that Clement might re regret is that he didn't bring him in earlier. Um, the energy, um, the ability that he's brought into that midfield, he can he can do both styles. So he's come in um, with Gomez. He's had to adapt his game. You know, he's taking more touches on the ball and you know creating more. And then going back to the, the Clement period, um, he, he would have been perfect for that as well. You know, he can win second balls, he can break into the box, he can defend. And the mentality you've got, you know, you have to be careful with some young players. You have to say, oh, you know, he's OK. Because if he listens to this and he, he takes his head somewhere else and he thinks he's done it. But with Andy, I know what he's like as a person. And yeah, I feel no way to say like he's got a really top career ahead of him um, because he, he digs. system and I think, that helps. Yeah. I think that helps sometimes um, nothing was given nothing was given and you can tell they've got that extra little bit of grit you know roll the sleeves up and, and when times get tough you can look
mean, if you, if you go back to a player like Dave Kitson, who worked in a supermarket for a few years, I mean, he's ended up. Then transform it. We're going back to the Paul Clement situation. Uh, no seller asked the question, how does Gomez differ from Paul Clement? What would you say were the main differences between? It's important I say, I don't really have too many bad words to say. Paul Clement, I think he was very good to me personally with everything I went through at uh, the start of the season. Um, his coaching is clear to see with everyone. You know, he's worked at the highest level. Uh, his ideas were very good as well. I just think it was getting those ideas across. And it's not always saying things. It's, you know, your actions and the way you do them. So, for instance, obviously, Jose's he's got good English, but it's not the best, if you know what I mean. So, with um, Paul Clement, you probably expect him to express his ideas much more fluently to the lads. But it's the opposite. And I just felt like... Paul Clement needed to be a bit more um, assertive with what he was doing. Like, this is what we're doing, and this is how we're doing it. There was a little bit too much room to manoeuvre with, and when you have players, and sometimes players with the, not the right mentality... Yeah, it looked like, as a fan, it looked disorganised on the pitch. It didn't feel... Everybody was moving in the same direction, which is not a good situation to be in. Yeah, and it would have been disappointing to and hear them opinions because he's a guy that you know was very organised. He all of the tactics, and he was like I say he was very straight down the line with all of them. Didn't cut any corners. But it's just getting that delivery across. Footballers, you know needs to happen and this is how we're doing it if there's a slight bit of confusion between the defence and the midfield or the midfield and the attack and it doesn't flow on a Saturday people will see it and it just looks 10 times worse than it actually is it's probably a small problem that needs tweaking but if you don't jump on it it, it will escalate and it will cause you many problems yeah well, as we see with football momentum is a huge thing if you start losing matches it can get out of control very quickly but also if you start picking up points and wins you almost can't stop it's like a habit um, and mm. it's a state of mind. Um, look, we've had a few good results recently. That doesn't mean... ...expecting to get something or expecting to win. And then that can carry you through and that can just... Re re it can get your point away at Norwich with a minute to go. It can make you hold on with... At the weekend, where the table turned massively and the momentum was going for them, so it makes a big difference. Yeah, I mean, I've watched that and one as well. And I've got to say, how do you find that as a player having the club 187 backing that? I mean, there's 800 of uh, those people, uh, fans in there on Saturday. It's just, I thought it's fantastic. Honestly, I think it's brilliant. I really do. Um, as a kid, you dream about playing in front of uh, many people, big atmospheres, um, big stadiums, and, and to have something like that running and to create that extra bit of noise and the extra bit of buzz on a match day. There must have been 250 plus for the warm-up, which is fantastic. 
constantly hearing an extra bit of noise, that extra bit of push, it does help. And, and the buzz that it's bringing around the ground, um, you can see it now. You started, I think they started with 50 or 100, going up to close to points off on the pitch off the pitch that's only going to get better as well yeah I remember seeing uh, Yaku after them it can only be good hearing your name being chanted throughout the whole match and he has probably if it's going to carry on which I hope it does That'll be one criticism. Can we get a better chant for myself and a couple of other boys? <laughs> I only say for myself because I actually have to share a song. So if I could get my own, that'd be great if they're listening. Um, yeah. But no, Yaku's is brilliant. You know, the sport gone into that. It's very good. Um, and it, it does, it raises people's game. It's nice to hear, you know, you're on, you're on our side. And to be honest with you, if you don't have to sing any, you don't have to sing any of our names. If you, continue to sing Yaku's and he keeps scoring that's fine I'm happy with that yeah well that's something for Club 1871 to work on isn't it I mean I know Sam Stevenson who had quite a lot of dudes were working on it and you definitely need to get one for Liam now <laughs> that's a personal plea <laughs> yes, there, isn't it yes, please. yeah you need to get one and a good one no pressure Sam but pressure you know <laughs> let's, let's get it sorted so at Lewis Baker I mean, I think if anything showed the confidence that is running through him at the moment was that moment against Brentford when he takes a free kick from about 40 yards out and tries to chip the goalie and gets incredibly close to doing it. Um, how good has he been? He's been brilliant. He has been brilliant. Um, on that free kick alone, he can do that. Fantastic technique, um, left and right foot. I've known uh, Bakes for... Probably four years. He came into the England on the 21 setup. Uh, he's a couple of years younger, but there was a big hype around him. You know, he fantastic technically, keeps the ball well. Um, he's just a very good player. I feel like he's a little bit unlucky. He went to Leeds maybe at the wrong time. Um, the way they started the season, he didn't get many games. But if you want to know about someone's mentality to swap top of the league for pretty much bottom of the league at the time speaks volumes and he's done very well yeah yeah. another one who's done is, is someone who plays alongside you is uh, Matt Miazga how good is he again very good and, and a funny story with, with not Matt but myself um, I spoke to someone a couple of months ago um, when I think Thiago was just about out the door mm. I was a little bit disappointed in all honesty at the time uh, I thought I was just getting to click with Thiago. We didn't at the start. We didn't understand each other's games as, as well as we probably would have wanted to. Um, we was conceding goals. Um, we was becoming a bit stretched, but I felt like I was just getting into our stride. And then he he was on his, he's on his way. And I could only think like the 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 longest run I'd had in a side with one centre half partner was seven games, mm. and I've been here two and a half years. And I, I won't make excuses because you need to deal with these situations. But at the same time, the one position on the pitch that you really do need to have the best understanding is centre-half. And then when Thiago went and someone else came through the door at first, I was like, oh, here we go again. But credit to Matt, we've clicked from moment one. Um, I think he's a very good player, very good lad. Um, he can do a bit of everything. You know, He's a tall centre-half. Normally you'd say you know, quite slow, maybe not as mobile as you'd like. He's mobile, he moves well, he's good in 1v1 situations, um, he's very good in the air and we seem to bounce off each other so I'm very happy about our, our partnership right now. Yeah, despite he is uh, slightly taller than you, you've still won more aerial battles than him. 
interesting stuff. Stats, that, right? just slightly. So you might want to point that out to him. But on that, <laughs> I'd probably say um, teams nowadays they do a lot of research. They'll probably say I'm the smaller one. Kick on to me, yeah. because when I do see Matt going for uh, the aerial ball, nine times out of ten, I think yeah, he's got that. Yeah, he's he's brilliant in the air, and it, I mean it's not just in the air; it's his passing and his reading of the game, which very makes good, it yeah. so much easier yeah, for him. It's, you, know, you can see why Chelsea signed him all the years ago that they did. I mean, problem is for him being at Chelsea; they've got so many loan players. It's just incredible. We got two here. So. The problem with ninety-nine percent of the Chelsea loan is, you know, that's the way they do it. Um, that's fine, but. They're going to need a home eventually. Mm. I know it myself from going out and learning Leicester maybe three or four times. You need a home, you need to feel settled, you need to be loved, um, and you need to see a kind of an end goal. And for Reading Football Club, we're just hoping these two Chelsea lads want that now <laughs> because they've settled here very well. Um, and if there's a deal that can be done, that would be great. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, that is 50% of the replies I think I had to... Uh, the question when I said I was going to be doing this interview with you were, can you make Liam convince him to make all the loan signings stay? I mean, I don't know how we go about doing this, Liam. I can convince with words. I've tried. <laughs> Lou Baker's a bit smaller than me, so I can get him in headlock. That's fine. Oh, that's an easy yeah. one, isn't it? Yeah. Matt's a bit tall. Might need someone's help, but <laughs> yeah. I'll do what I can because honestly, uh, they're good lads. That's the first. If I if I was a you know a recruitment officer and. I went out and I was trying to sign players. I'd be doing all of my research firstly on them um, personally. What they're like off the pitch, what can they offer us off the pitch? Because on the pitch, if you're at Chelsea, you're more than likely a good player. If you're at Arsenal, you're more than likely a good player. It's about, do they want to learn? Do they want to go to the next level? And when uh, crap, should I say, hits the fan, are they going to be there to, to grind through it? And them two lads are good, solid lads, yeah. Yes, uh, yeah, we definitely want to sign them. We've also got Ijaria as well. I mean, he's been really good. I noticed one moment in the second half on uh, Saturday when he'd run into danger with the ball and uh, you weren't that happy with him at that point and you kind of, um, you waited until the ball was out of play and you made your point to him. He kind of took it on board, was uh, pretending he didn't hear you, <laughs> as I would expect. But he definitely heard you, and he didn't do it the next time he had it. But he's a young player. So he is a young player, it. and with yes. Ozzy, I think he's got the potential to be criminally underrated, because he is like fantastic, honestly, he's yeah. a brilliant player. Um, he's a tall player as well. His feet are the best I've seen, honestly. To watch, he's right up there, like in tight spaces with like you react more as uh, people like that. He gets himself in some real awkward situations, and when you don't know his game early on, you're a bit like, just pass it or just do something, like not in your own uh, wrong section of the pitch. And the manager's still working with him because he's young and he, he needs to cut them risks down less and less. But honestly, the way he takes the ball, he moves with the ball, he, he can do everything. And if we can get him out of his shell a little bit more, because I'm not sure the fans probably won't know, it's quite quiet. Um, keeps himself to himself he seems to be growing week by week and if we can get that out of him or hopefully I say we like we're going to sign him I hope we do or if Liverpool can get them, that out of them there's a real real big player in there No, I think he needs to be here I do as well I, do <laughs> I as think well. he certainly needs to be here we move on to the last loan signing and he's been absolutely I would say Unfortunately, I don't think he's going to be signing for us in the summer. Uh, that is uh, Mr. Martinez. 
um, Martinez, he's just been so good in goal. I'd say he's the best goalie we've seen at this club since Marcus Hanneman when we got promoted. Um, I mean, Al Hapsi was absolutely brilliant. Um, but I just think personally, I know some people will say I haven't seen enough of him. But he's just got something about him. Apart from that haircut. That yeah, really that's, worries that's not me. The, the worst point, so let's work our way up. The haircut... And his gear, you won't see that. You'll only see him in his tracks on a Saturday. Oof, no. The two combined are the worst I've seen. Really? Now going up to a footballer and a player, <laughs> we're going up there with the best keepers I've seen personally and worked with. He's very good with his feet. He's very calm. Um, I love the fact he comes and takes balls out of the air. That takes so much pressure off. Even for the crowd, you know, 2-1 with minutes to go and he'll come and shout keepers and he'll grab it. Oh, perfect. I just want to kiss him at that moment, honestly. <laughs> There's too many times where... In the past, keepers have not came and punched it and it bouncing around like pinball. It's not enjoyable. So I really enjoy that from him. Um, shot stopping, very, very good. And mentality, keeper needs it more than anyone and personality, he's got them. He believes in himself. Not cocky, but very, very yeah. assured in his ability and I like that. And I know with the, all of them things combined, he's got a very good chance of playing a, a, high, a big club. Yeah. Arsenal, hopefully. I know his situation... A little bit. He's not happy that maybe he's not had the opportunities he's probably deserved over time at Arsenal. Um, they keep signing keepers, keep signing keepers. He ends up being number two, number three, number two. And a player of his ability, it's a shame for the game if he's not if he's not playing regular. Um, and I know there's myself, thirty of his teammates, and probably thirty thousand Reading fans that would snap that snap his hands off. Oh, there, so absolutely, he's fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. I mean. But yeah, I don't think it's going to happen, so I don't want to build up. But yeah, like, I've been up to said there as well. <laughs> I think everyone feels the same, but I'd be surprised if we could get that one done. Um, because, like I said, I think the situation with him is at Arsenal. Um, he's came here, they're, they're watching him every game. He's either going to go in and compete, or if not, they'll maybe offload him. If they're going to offload him, I wouldn't be surprised if there's Premier League teams looking at him as well. Um, I think Norwich. I think he... Norwich, yeah. I think he could get yeah. in there. I think there's a few teams floating around 15, 16 in the Prem that he could go in and if not uh, play, then definitely compete. Yeah, no, he's, he's a quality. He's just got something about him, what you were saying about the crosses. When a ball comes over, I think, how's he going to catch it and what's he going to do with it next? I don't think, is he going to catch it? Yeah. It's just a matter of how's he going to do it? Is he going to make it look really easy or a little bit hard this time? <laughs> <laughs> He's so good. Yeah, He's yeah. insanely good on crosses, which, yeah, I think his guy looks like he's slightly got that typical stereotypical thing about a goalkeeper. He's slightly on the edge. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's, we were speaking before about the Peter Crouch podcast and uh, they've got the, the one about goalkeepers. Everything he said in that was so relatable to a player because... 99.9% of them are edgy, probably the word. I won't go into it too much detail, but you've got to be a little bit like that, though. If you're getting balls smash, smashed at you, you know, 100 times a day, every day. Um, yeah, you'd have to be slightly mad diving into players' feet, wouldn't you? That, exactly. So we'll, we'll go with edgy. He, he's edgy. His gear is very edgy. Yeah, okay, yeah. What well, I don't know about what he's wearing, but yeah, it sounds slightly um, uh, concerning. <laughs> But they say money can't buy you fashion, though, can it? You know. I imagine the stuff he wears is expensive. Uh, <laughs> it's normally quite shiny or loud, so I imagine oh, not it is the silky expensive. tracksuit world, is it? <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, he mixes and matches. He's sponsored by Puma, 
So uh, he will let everybody know he's sponsored by Puma. Like there will be at least one part of item uh, yeah. that's Puma, but the things he matches it with, if he signs, we'll have to take him out shopping. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> we need to get him down to the Oracle. That's <laughs> what we need to do. Yeah, we need to get him down there and find a... Yeah, maybe I'm trying to think of a, a gradual increase. Maybe in top man for him. That might be his level. We need to move him in slowly and then get him into somewhere that's a bit more acceptable. I mean, I wouldn't get a top man. I'm too old for that. But he's in the right <laughs> age group. <laughs> but, you know, I can't be wearing these uh, ripped jeans and everything. Oh, that's, that's not for me. But footballers can do that. So what would you say was your favourite moment of, your, of the season so far for you? Um, this season, I'm going to go with Ipswich away huge game uh, you couldn't be underestimated how big that game was they was floating you know if they had picked up points against us that could have really springboarded them onto better things and we went there and we knew how big the game was and the way the game panned out it was it wasn't enjoyable you know we, we needed the points it wasn't a case of can we or we had to get them points on that day and the way we did it, it the relief I know the fans feel it as well but when you're in the moment on the pitch, the relief, it just poured out of all the lads. It was such a big moment for us. Um, and maybe a slight turning point. Yeah, the classic end of uh, match photos of you or Lewis Bacon now are building momentum. <laughs> I think the cameraman follows us around now. He's half they expecting should. them. <laughs> it's, it's the best photos. You see, because some of the players are like, oh, it's okay. I knew it was going to be okay. And I'm thinking, no way. <laughs> no way. <laughs> <laughs> that was hell just watching it actually being involved with it must be just so difficult so I mean how do you feel the night before matches like that um, I've learnt to deal with these things I think that's part of experience um, if you see me on a 7 o'clock on a Friday night to half 1 2 o'clock on a Saturday I'm two different people uh, you know we could sit and have a conversation like this on a Friday night not a problem you know we wouldn't even know how to game uh, probably bar the extra water or taking board and the food um but on a, on a Saturday, even, you know, like uh, before the game, we have a lot of fans that come and, you know, get things signed. And, and they're, you know, they're nice people that want to have a chat and things like that. They probably think I'm very rude, but on a game day, sign, boom, like I'm in there and that's that's my kind of zone. That's that's the player I am. Uh, but there's certain players that are flair players, you know, how relaxed they are in the warm-up doing step-overs and <laughs> kick-ups and bouncing the ball on the head. That, that's what they do. But yeah, um, I'm in my zone on a game day. Midfielders are in a different zone, though, aren't they? If they're creative, they're on a different level. They just well, you think about how uh, how Gomez um, he describes the pitch to us. It's like a traffic light. You got the red zone, which is uh, just in front of our goal. The mid zone, which is amber, and the green zone. The green zone is you can do whatever the hell you want. Okay. We spend a lot of our game defenders in the red zone. So you you're structured. This is what you're doing. There's no flair really. You know, you do things properly. Try and play but we're not doing step-overs and Zidane turns. The front lads, they have a ball at the top, like step-overs and they're free. Yeah. Uh, it's worked for us and they're, they're very happy with it. And us as defenders, it, you know, watching them do their thing, it's great to see. But yeah, they're your zones and I think the higher up them zones you go, probably the more relaxed you are going to be on a game day because it's that's your, that's your free zone, that's your free time. Enjoy it. But that's really helped players like Mo Barrow. Yes, he yeah. has been. Him and Yako Mate have got some kind of bromance going on. Bromance, yeah. We've seen bromances at Reading Football Club. We had the Simon Church one in Guilfi. Um We've had ones after that. We've had multiple ones, but the one's still here Chris Gunter and Gareth McCleary. 
That one runs deep. That, yeah, that, that one does. That's gone yeah. uh, a long while back. You know, they've been at two clubs. They're next door neighbours. Really? Is that not I, uh, known? I fact? didn't know that. Yeah, they're next door neighbours. Uh, wow. They travel in together. You know, a few times a week, um, and that is almost family. Um, I okay. think they probably do see yeah. each other as family. You know, yeah. they know. Uh, um, Chris knows Gareth's kids, his his parents, and the other way around. Um, obviously, by the ki- kids with guns, and uh, yeah, that one's deep. But this new blossoming uh, bromance—it's going from strength to strength, and you just gotta leave them to it. Look, they love playing with each other. They make runs off each other. They work well, and it's doing great for us. So. Just let them let them be let them enjoy each other's company oh totally if it's working out I mean that pass for the first goal for uh, Mate was just uh, sensational from Mo Barra. just didn't even have to break pace did he that was just perfect yeah exactly um, we knew on Saturday that they was going to come quite high up um, and we knew that our front players had to be in the moment of pace so in that moment in time when Mo got on the half turn that's perfect for us there and then you know slid the, the weight of the pass was great and then Yaku did the rest yeah, Yaku just, yeah. I mean, he's come in. He almost left in the January window. The owners kind of uh, wanted him to stay. He stayed. And he's had his critics, definitely, since he's been here. He just he admitted, uh, admitted himself that he's not the most technical of players at times. But he seems to be getting better and better. I mean, I noticed that even when he came in and I saw him playing the League Cup match at the beginning of the season. And I thought, uh, he's more of a team player now. Yeah. That he's matured in his loan away in France the year before, yeah. and I thought this is a slightly different person we're seeing here. Yeah, it would have been big for him. Mm. Um, and going back to what you said about not being the most technical player, for me personally, and I'd say a large proportion of the fan base give me heart all day long over mm. technique. Um, he's not technically awful or anything like that. You know, no. he can he can oh, do no, his no, part, no, no. Yeah. Um, but his heart and his desire to get on the end of things and and to do the nitty gritty. Perfect. It's exactly what you want to see. And in the situation we've been in all this year, he's rolled up his sleeves and he's been brilliant. Yeah, I mean, what would you say is more important? Once you've reached the level of professional footballer, ability or attitude? Attitude. Because you think... um, I had the stats on my phone. I'm not sure what they are now. Um, It's like one in a thousand or something like that make it. Not through everyday people, through academy. So the numbers really do get uh, shrunk down. Mm. And if you do make it through their numbers, you've obviously got something ability-wise, whether you're a defender and you're good at defending, whether you're an attacker, you're just good at scoring, you've got something. So have you got the attitude after making it past that point to maintain what you've been doing, still try and improve and grind out performances? If you have... How have you not made more of it? Um, someone like Royston Drente. And you think, he was probably one of the best players I've ever seen at Reading. But I've heard that from the lads here as well. But just, mentality. Yeah, mentality. That's all it was, mentality. Yeah, and I look at someone, um, players who've made the most, and Stephen Hunt I go back to. And I think, technically, not the most amazing player you've ever seen, but totally maximised every single little bit of his ability. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I've seen that. Mm. Like I said, I did research coming to the club, mm. um, and every club's got its, its heroes, if you like, and, mm. and legends. And Reading seem to love uh, most fan bases, actually, not just Reading, but they seem to love a good trier and someone that's going to give everything. 
and uh, Yaku falls into that category. And there's a, there's a couple more, well, a few more in the dressing room that do as well. Um, mix it with that extra bit of ability, that spark of genius that someone can do, and you're onto a good team. He scored some good goals, though. Really good goals and massive goals. He says not just I me. Mean, the goal against Wigan, I think I, I can't remember the last time I've seen the stadium like that in the last minute. No, that, that was that, crazy. When I say my best moments, that's up there as well. Uh, I've seen it with Titanic music as well. Yeah, <laughs> it's even better. It is. It's brilliant. Yeah. Whoever did that, well done. I mean, I know everyone does it now with the goal, but it, it just that works. That one's worthy of the Titanic music. Yeah. <laughs> Some of them are not, but that one was definitely. You know, I sit in the Dolan stand normally and Gomez was coming up to the stand like we'd won the FA Cup final. I thought, no, it feels like that because this oh, yeah. was huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah What's it like in the changing room after you have a win like that? Silence. <laughs> <laughs> Just pure emotion and everyone's drained and you sit down. and yeah. we've, not, we've not won too many games over the past couple of years and it's almost like now when we do it, it's just you just sit there and think, Thank God, like we needed that. Thank you, and that's it. Everyone just relaxes and just yeah, the the outpour of emotions is clear to see. Similarities between the fans' feelings after a match and a player is really similar. It's quite interesting that because after I come out of the ground on Saturday, I thought, wow, I can kind of relax down now. <laughs> Until we're back in again, training. Yeah, it all starts up again. <laughs> yeah, that's it. But it's if anything over the last uh, two years. Uh, the events have taught me is enjoy your wins honestly because mm. when I first came and I've been used to being quite successful with my previous clubs you know at Leicester we've yeah. done well and came here continued winning games third in the league I know we obviously went on to to not achieve our goal but it was it seemed not easy but it seemed that's what happened we win games we win games we lose one we win the next one and then we went on that terrible run and then it kind of followed into this season and now you enjoy your wins. You have to enjoy your wins. Yeah, definitely I enjoy them because it's even better now because early in the season I was thinking, okay, I think we're going to win a few matches. I was definitely, I, I will admit to you right now, I thought that we were going to get relegated this season because the way that we were playing and the form that we were in and the attitude I saw some 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 of the players, I'll be honest. Um, but... Now, uh, for the last few months, I don't think I can't see that at all. I mean, we're well, not we've confirmed. Got, yeah, we're we've not got there a job yet. To do. Still the job. Uh, we've got a job to do. Um, but I'm I'm comfortable uh, walking out to battle with with these lads around me. Um, we'll give it everything. I can't sit here and say what's going to happen because it's out not out of our hands. But you know, things happen. But when you know that you're giving everything and you've got a team and a fan base that are giving everything and that's all you can ask for you just have to go with how things go yeah you can't ask for anything more I mean that is exactly what you want if you're a fan that is my thing everyone will say oh a player's not trying a player's not doing this I don't think that's always true I think sometimes when you see a player and they look like they're not trying they're actually trying too hard yeah, in some weird ways that. they can yeah. I mean sometimes I've seen players I'm not going to associate with this players here now and this last few months at all but sometimes a player will go onto a pitch and be shouting and complaining at everyone else and you think that's a bit of a show yeah yeah I've seen that from people yeah um, and that can be frustration with yourself hmm. um, you know you panic you point fingers sometimes you have to strip it back look at yourself in the mirror um, and that's what again I feel like we've got a dressing room willing to do now they're willing to look at themselves in the mirror um, 
and book up their own ideas first. Whereas before, in all honesty, I think as a team, we was guilty of not doing that. There was a lot of opinions, you know, after games and in dressing rooms and a lot of people had a lot to say. But were they going home that night and, and looking at themselves in the mirror or were they going home and probably talking to their missus and family and saying, oh, he's rubbish, he's not. club um, the way the club will be run the fan base like, it's such a big big thing to get relegated especially when you're a club of uh, Reading size um, you know some clubs are they yo-yo between the leagues and, and they're structured to do that this club is structured to be a championship club pushing to get into the Premier League and we can't afford to let this club down and this fan base down to, to go down to League One no um, yeah I'd yeah, I just really just thinking about that the whole league one. Some of the fans have been saying it'll be nice to go down and not nice no, not nice to go down. Definitely no one's saying that. But different grounds and we can restart again. No, 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 no. I I can't agree with that. <laughs> on that one, yeah, on that one. No. If they want to visit a few different grounds, wait till international breaks. <laughs> Tick them off on international breaks because <laughs> we we can't be doing that. We have to sort our own our own side out and we have done recently but it's not over yet we've got we've got a few more fights to go and we'll give everything yeah if we get relegated which I don't think we're going to do just talk about that we lose key players straight away that's just what happens and and, yeah. and uh, what people probably don't think about a bit deeper is we lose key people at the club the club can't afford to keep on every member of staff that, that we've got here now if we were to get relegated there's people been here 15, 20, 25 years they're the, they're the foundation of this club they deserve to be at this club they shouldn't be worried about if we're going to be bothered to go and get three points on a Saturday, if they're going to have a job next year. Mm. And I believe that's the, the feeling amongst the dressing room. And people do understand that now. And I feel like that, that makes it a little bit easier for us to, to go out there and do what we need to do because people are relying on us. It's people's livelihoods and that's how serious relegation is. Yeah, I remember when we got relegated from the Premier League the last time. And uh, you see the people who get 
who leave the club who are just kind of staff people, not yeah. players. Yeah. And you think those are the people that are really affected. Obviously, I know players when they get relegated from a Premier League, they lose a big percentage of the wage. That's how it works. Or if you get relegated down. But you have if a you want a, yeah, you a different wage yeah. as a normal, I say normal, it makes it sound like um, players are abnormal because they're not. But it's kind of on a wage structure, a normal wage in an office, it's not the same. No, no. no you, you need your paycheck to put yeah. food on the table. Yeah. Um, we should all understand that. We've got family. Really, mm. And only us and the manager and the staff that are involved in the football side can um, can can help that. We, we're the ones that can keep this club in, this, in the league. Because in all honesty, I've been at a few clubs on loan. Uh, I've spent a long time at Leicester. The staff here are absolutely brilliant. Nobody can do enough for you. Um, you've got some really, really good people here. Um, and I feel a sense of um, gratitude towards them for everything they've done. But on top of that, um, I feel like you know it's down to us and me, not as club captain, but as captain on the pitch um, for most of the season. I need to get that extra out of people to make sure that the people that really matter at this club are, are going to be are going to be good for the foreseeable future. Yeah, talking about what you've done for the club and for the fans, I think something that really stands out for most fans are the things that you've done for Simon Rossiter, um, a person who's got terminal cancer and seems to be slowly, obviously, the situation is uh, decreasing as we speak. Um, some of the things, those are the things that make a real difference to a person in that situation and I think most Redden fans would be you know I can say to you thanks for doing that I know Simon spoken to me a little tiny bit and I just think um, it's amazing to make that effort for him Liam I've got to say uh, to me it's nothing um, mm. I, obviously thanks from himself <laughs> thanking me you know from the mm. fans but to me it's nothing you know this is his club this is this is life at the end of the day this isn't football this is life and if his passion is Reading and I can help in the slightest bit um, then that's amazing um, I met Simon and his family uh, they sat in my box um, and my wife went in there they sat with my kids for a little bit and he's just a fantastic guy honestly brilliant guy family were amazing um, they were so thankful and to me, it didn't feel like anything, like I said, um, but it, it was really nice to put a smile on his face. Um, and I just wish him and his family, like, the best. And, and that's the same with any fans. If I can help, um, I, this is going off the subject a little bit, but I hate when people, you know, give money to homeless people on the street and take pictures and, you know, record it. It's almost like a social thing now. Mm. I don't like to make it common knowledge what I'm doing, but if I can help a fan in any way, I'll send a sign show or I'll do these things because I just feel like as footballers we can do that so why wouldn't we yeah yeah. you've got a power anything, that other yeah. people haven't got and yeah you don't want to make it look like oh aren't I great I'm I, doing it's, this. it's one of the things yes. my pet hate I, I, just, I really despise people that are doing something for the wrong reasons um, when people do things acts of kindness that do come out in the press or whatever but you know it's not them they've not videoed it or anything like that and I, I really do I hold my hands up to having the brilliant I think people should always try and help people if they can and as footballers, like I say, we can do that more than pretty much anyone. People idolise footballers. Um, it's an unbelievable role that we've got. And if I can sign a, a shirt for a young boy or uh, I can get Simon in my box with his family that's going to last in the memory of their, their their family for a long time, then it's, it's, a, it's an easy thing for me to do. 
Yeah, well, I think it says a lot about you as a person, to be honest. <laughs> I've got to say that. <laughs> and moving on to something else now. Um, I want to go back a little bit. There's been some questions about things that have happened in the past. Some of them good, some of them maybe not so good. I think you can probably guess where we're going to go now, can't I'm you? I'm not sure, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, let's get one of the um, moments that are probably most memorable. Uh, not necessarily in a good way. The playoff final, 2017. Just need to tap into my forget me box in my head. Um, <laughs> no, um, going into that game. Sorry, a bit. It, do you think we had the right game plan for that match? Uh, in all honesty, I'm not sure. I honestly, on that day, is a, is a blur. Mm. But we we done what we done all season. You know, um, we changed game plan. We played three at the back, sometimes four at the back, sometimes even a flat five. We went into the game. We gave everything. Um, that's that's the playoff final. Um, I used to enjoy watching it. Even since that final, I don't watch it in the same way now because of everything that's around it. I always feel for the loser. You know, in an FA Cup final and things like that, that's it happens. You lose. In a playoff final, it's different. It doesn't just affect there and then, it affects the next season. And sometimes even the season after that. So it is such a big, big event. Um, but we went into it as as we would any game. Um, obviously, the nerves were there. It's clear to see for both teams. There was not any great football played, to be honest with you. Um, but going on to probably the most memorable slash forgetful part for myself, the penalties. Um, I have regrets that I missed. But I don't have regrets in terms of preparation, uh, courage or anything like that. So I, I practiced that penalty every day leading up to it. And I did the same thing. So there was no change of mind, which makes it easy with me. I was striking the ball, always striking the ball. And in training, great. There isn't 90,000 people there. Uh, there isn't the adrenaline or anything like that. You know, you're relaxed and, you know, I've hit the target. I've scored every single time in the week. Came to that moment and your mind goes and it plays a, it's, it plays a big trick on you so I've got so much respect for say what England did this summer because of all the past I knew what I was doing at the moment I remember putting the ball down the ref told me that it wasn't put down right I had to change it knock me off my stride mm-hmm. he blew the whistle and I rushed it whereas again going back to England this summer they spoke a lot about taking their time you you'd strike the ball when you want to the ref blows the whistle that's just to say you can go and if I was going to do anything different I would have took my time I would have kept my head down but ultimately, that was that's what happened. Um, I had to deal with a real tough night. I wanted to win more than anyone. Uh, well, obviously, in my head, I wanted it so bad. Um, maybe wanted it too much. Um, I just came down from the Premier League. I thought it was written in the stars that I was going to come back up the next year. You know, what a great comeback. Um, but in all honesty, the next day, I woke up with my head and my pride after the season I felt I'd had, the team had had, and the courage of where I'd come back from because not many people would know but the year before that I was struggling to play football my, my mentality wasn't there I couldn't understand why I wasn't playing at Leicester I got shipped out and went to Bristol I was away from family I really didn't enjoy it and before signing for Reading I was actually contemplating what was next for me in my life not my career I was thinking where am I going to go next uh, work wise I didn't even know if I wanted to carry on because it got to that point so I, I woke up the next day and thought what a comeback for myself I've had the balls to stand up and I've done it I've missed it but I've been knocked down harder than that it's a penalty I'll get back up stronger 
Uh, and then the next year, I dusted myself down. Obviously, I got player of the season, um, which I was even more proud of my mentality. And um, in hindsight, if we went up, I don't think we was ready. Fans might disagree and they might hear it and they might think, you know, we would have been better to go at least would have had a season. I can understand that as well. But I don't think we was ready. We lost a lot of games that, that year. We conceded a lot of goals. Um, we was very open and expansive, which it doesn't work in the Premier League if you if that is not your A-star game. Your Man City and teams like that, they can do it. Fulham, that's how they got up last year. They've gone up this year and they've gone down. I think they might have the worst... Um, that goal deficit in the league so you need to be ready to do these things and as a football club we might not have been ready personally an extra year in the championship or an extra two years in the championship has helped me and if we can stay up this year and we can build and hopefully in the next year or two years we can look back and be like yeah we wasn't ready it hurt but now we're stronger and now we're more built we're in a new training ground we've got better players the club's books are in a better place and then we can push on with them yeah um if you look at how Huddersfield did in their first season, I thought that was a miracle, it considering the team that they had. I mean, brilliant that they did it, but we were so open, as you just said. I mean, we had multiple games in that championship season when we got to the player final, when in away matches, we Five got nils, quite a beating. Ones. Yeah, 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 yeah. We was, we was. It wasn't unusual, was it? And then we'd turn it round at home. Our home form was sensational. And it's not like we didn't win away, because we clearly did win quite a lot of matches. But when we lost, we lost big. Yeah. And, and yeah. Them, them results there, they turn into double digits in the Premier League. Like, mm. you cannot give the spaces we were given away. And, yeah, just going back to that, it was, it was such a difficult time for myself and the club. Um, but I'd like to think that moving forward um, there'll come a time when this club gets back to where it belongs and they look back on that and be like it wasn't the right time um, but when, when it is it will definitely be our time How did you find working with Jap and what are the main things you think you took from him? Incredible absolutely love my time with Jap uh, his assistants Andreas um, and Saeed what an incredible journey he built um an incredible atmosphere around this place uh, he connected the the staff and the players and the fans um, unbelievably and the it was absolutely priceless like what I picked up from him as the best I think centre half to play the game to have him in training and him to stop the session and be like just step aside let me just show you and, and just train and you can't put a price on that it was fantastic I learnt so much from him and between him and Brian Teverden, the two that signed me for the club, yep, seen the clips, Brian did the paperwork and all the rest of it, effectively saved my career, I think, because I was going in a downward spiral. People didn't believe in me. They seen something with their, their eye and said, right, yeah, let's go, let's work on him and I'll be forever thankful and I really do hope he's successful um, moving forward. Yeah, he definitely has such a huge impact, didn't he? Um, Talking about the confidence, do you think that is the biggest thing in football? Yeah, confidence, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, when you're confident with everything, your tactics, yourself, your teammates, you, you'll be successful. Um, you'll, have, you'll have tough times, but you'll come out of it the right side. Yeah, because as a fan, we don't see what happens in people's lives. We don't see the incidents that happen in actual everyday life because things happen, dull things. Yeah, um, <laughs> going back to that, obviously the personal side of it... Um, not many people will know because uh, it was it was me it was personal but 
throughout my career I'd always been very successful uh, I went to the academy at six seven years old I played every age group which wasn't always the case for people in academies I captained most age groups I played for England uh, I went up to the first I went on loan sorry when others were just playing reserves uh, came back played for the first team got promoted with Leicester played in the Premier League like everything was not easy, but everything was just going as smooth as you would like. And when the time came and I wasn't playing in the Premier League, they went for experience. I couldn't get a kick. Your confidence, you know, it can dip. It can, and mine dipped to an all-time low because people don't won't see the side of it as well. But I signed a very good contract at Leicester for three years. First year I played in and out. Second year I couldn't get kicked. So then I'm going into the last year of my contract. I then started a lifestyle, if you like. Like I took my mum out of work as soon as I uh, earned a, enough money to do so. You know, I bought a nice house for myself. I was sensible, but these are all things that I needed another contract to maintain. So when you're dealing with a dip in confidence and you're dealing with other things like outside sources, no pressure from anyone else. I've always I've got good family behind me, but from myself, like I need to maintain this. I, how could I possibly? My mum will go back to work tomorrow. It's not a problem. But how could I say to her, "Oh, mum, by the way, I've got to go. Like I've got to drop down. Can't you got to go back?" Like for me, it was about trying to maintain what I'd have achieved and then go above it. So with the confidence at a low, it affects your performance massively and it affects people's lives. Yeah, I mean, it's, we're all humans, aren't we? This is what people forget on football and social media, I think, sometimes. Uh, they put out comments to players and people, you know, famous people, basically. And if they've got their notifications set properly, they never see them. <laughs> but you do see it. People uh, do read what people put about people. And I do think sometimes... You know, these are not robots. They go out onto the pitch and they have humans' emotions and they feel frustrated, angry. And sometimes you see players having a little fire back. And you know what? I don't blame them. Yeah, <laughs> Some of the stuff they get. It is. It's, it's a big subject that you could speak about for hours, but it's just, it's unhuman that people can say things and act in certain ways because someone they believe has got a certain mm. like, level of. I don't know, famousness? Or, I don't understand. It feels like, what, like, they're, they're, almost like they're immune to it. Yeah, because yeah. they're certain, uh, like they're so famous or they've got so many followers, that then cancels out all the boundaries and you can say what you want. Yeah. If I had just logged on and just put a random person's name in and called him F this and F that and you're rubbish, and it wouldn't run, it couldn't happen. No. I just I don't understand it. But at this moment in time, it's part and parcel of the football. If you, like, say, if you've got your notifications set right, um, and, or you've got a thick skin mm. that's just how it is but it got spoke about not so long ago I think it was a year or so ago about Raheem Sterling he got a lot of stuff a lot of stick on uh, social media and I think it might have been Pep speaking about it said he was reading that and that was going on to affect his performance mm. you've got to be you've got to be savvy with these things as a player um, if you can't I'm going to say if you can't handle it don't have it that's not fair because everyone's entitled to have social media but you, mm. you need to know that at this moment in time it's just the way the world is. Hopefully social media can improve. I'm not sure what they can do, but maybe they could put out code words that you can't say things. Or, But that's where we're at right now. You just, you've just you got to kind of deal with it best as you can and block these things out because you got to remember the opinions that really matter are the, the people that are signing you for clubs and signing you contracts and, and playing you. Yeah, it's the people around you that matter. Yeah, exactly. That is it. It's not the people who don't know you. Their opinions are really not worth anything, essentially. Yeah. Because also they're big you up completely and utterly oh, after one or two games and yeah. you will be the saviour um, you'll see three or four goals 
oh, we need to get him on a 12-year contract. <laughs> we need to sign him up. And then a month later, why did we ever play him? <laughs> it flips around Spot so on. quickly. Yeah, exactly that. Exactly that. So for the young lads, I feel like those older lads have got the responsibility to, to get their messages across. Mm. It's such an up-and-down game. Um, yeah. And opinions, they they go so high and so low. One minute you're the best in the world, one minute you shouldn't be playing football. I can't believe it. Do you play with your boots on the wrong feet? Kind of thing. <laughs> it changes. You just gotta be you gotta be strong mentally, um, to be successful in this game. Yeah, you've got to stay balanced. I mean the first best example I can think of that is Steve Koppel. He never seemed to be incredibly happy or unhappy. I mean, I don't know how a night out with Steve Koppel would be because <laughs> it'd be right in the middle all the time. <laughs> I'm not quite sure, but wow, what a manager he was. But I look at Gomez and I think we've got something here. We've got something really special. He's creating this group mentality and seeing the core kind of details that you've mentioned earlier and that you've got to think about the attitude and where they want to go to and are they going to cover each other's back. And I'm seeing that on the pitch. I'm not seeing any bickering. At all. All I'm seeing is positive uh, kind of encouragement all the time. Yeah, um, we got to a stage where there's a lot of arm waving and pointing, mm. and that's no good for anyone. Um, there's still words said on the pitch, but that's, that's normal. <laughs> that's fine, that's yeah, fine. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to demand it from each other. Um, but togetherness is massive. Um, as a manager, I feel like, um, as manager, should I say, I think I feel like it's kind of forgotten about if you like now uh, people are so tied up on tactics do I do three at the back do I do four at the back let's go to the start let's be personable right have I got good attitude around the, the training ground and my players working hard are they going to fight for each other that'll take you a long long way only look at last season where Cardiff went up automatically they've obviously got good players but they, they wasn't the best in the league there was much better teams that didn't even get in the playoffs you get a group of lads that are ready to do anything for each other and it'll take you a long way well, seven years ago today, we got promoted under Brian McDermott to the Premier League. I think most of those players, even Jason Roberts said individually, they weren't the best set of players in that league in that season. But as a team, there was no one else better. That's it. Yeah. 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 This is what you need, isn't it? And that's exactly. a kind of Reading trait, isn't it? If you look at the players that Reading fans have loved over the years when I started going, it was someone like, um, well, a bit later on, Phil Parkinson. I started going in 1985, so that was a bit before then. But uh, <laughs> it's kind of, wow, I feel really ancient there. But if you look at the players, someone like Gilfie's really unusual because he was so technically gifted. Um, now the favourite players are, it's really hard. I'd be hard to pick out a player that is really the complete favourite. And I think that's a really good position to be in. Yeah, yeah, it is, yeah. You need you need that you need a, yeah. and people have got favourites for different reasons as well, mm. which is is a good sign. I've got my top three for player of the season. Uh, who would you think at the moment would be the top three? I'll give you my one, two, and three. I thought mm. about it the other day. Uh, number one, Andy Yeardon. Just mine. Yeah. yeah, fantastic season. Honestly, he's one of my best mates as well. So I won't be too biased, but brilliant season, consistent. Good uh, on the ball, good positionally, pace, energy, like very, very good season um, and fantastic person to have around the training ground. Even him, you know, seven stitches, uh, ten stitches in his head, wrap it up out there next game. Exactly what you want. Um, number two, Andy Rinomoto. 
he would have been the running for number one if he'd have played a few more games but he's still done enough to be in, in my top three um, I think he's had an unbelievable breakthrough season and number three uh, Yaku Yaku's had a very very good season and to take on board everything that, ha- that happened as well about nearly leaving in January coming back with his mentality I think he, he's had a very good season and what I would say on that is I think it's a shame uh, I'm not sure why there might be a reason behind it at the club that they don't do them uh, player of season nights they did them at most clubs I've been at before and I think maybe moving forward that could be something that you know the club could look to do because it's a great thing for players if they do win it you know to have that night and they've worked hard for it and mm-hmm. for me this time this year Andy would be a deserved winner for me to walk up and, and receive his award because he's been brilliant yeah I, I definitely my player this season because I think consistently I think he's just been the best player I think he's come he in dip. he doesn't dip no below um, he, he's had a couple of tough days and to mind I think we all had a tough day at Swansea he came up against probably one of the best wingers in the league even that day yeah he gave away a penalty but he's straight back up and he was at it and you know he was attacking the line and he's played in the right of a three in the centre half he's even played centre half with me and He's everything I'd look for in a in a defender and in a player, and he, I think he deserves it this year, and I hope he wins it. Yeah, he even had a little go in central midfield. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> bit of everything because he's game. He's ready. Yeah. You know, he's he's ready to go when called upon. Yeah, he totally is. I mean, I'm trying to think of anyone else you could throw into the mix. I mean, maybe yourself, Liam. Would you put yourself no, in there? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> not this season. Um, I'm honest. Uh, first year. I thought, yeah, I deserve to be in the top three, but I lost to a worthy winner. You know, Ali, what a guy, what what, what season. Single-handedly got us into the playoffs. Um, second year, I was very happy with that. Um, I had a good season, even when we wasn't doing well. Um, I felt, you know, I was grinding out performances and I thought I put in a few big performances towards the end of the season as well to, to help keep us in the league. And this year, you know, I've not had a terrible season. I've not had an outstanding season. There's been people better. Um... But for me, I know that's going to happen in football. You're not going to have every season be like the best player and mm. win player of the season. But for me, the most important thing is that you still grind out performances and you're still reliable. And I'd like to think I've been that this season. So I've played the games and I'm comfortable, but I'll be looking to come back better next season. Obviously, at some point early in the season, you have the possibility of a Premier League team coming in for you. Um, you met the owners, you had a chat with them and you were convinced to stay. Are you looking back are you how glad that came out in public I personally thought it was good that you were very honest and you put that statement on uh, social media because if I was in that position and you get a chance to go to a better business club whatever it is you want to have a look at it because that's that's human yeah I'm really happy obviously we get the chance to do this um, mm. it would have been something I would have loved to have done at the time but it's not how football works you know it's all like secrets but it was in it was a bit of a nightmare summer for me um, and I think that showed in my early I think I had a couple of good performances as soon as I came back in but after that my head wasn't quite right um, and I'll probably explain now um, how it worked for me I, I found out middle of the summer that Brighton were interested um, I had very early conversations with uh, I won't name names two people in charge sorting out players coming people going mm-hmm. And I spoke about my desire to play in the Premier League, as they know, uh, but I knew the bid was low. And I said, listen, I don't want this club to get ripped off. It's, it has to be right. Um, but if it does get to the right you know, numbers, it's something I, I would really like to do. I, I feel like I can play in the Premier League. Uh, 
I feel like if I go there, I can do it well as well. We spoke about the numbers, um, and we we spoke about basically if it gets to this point, you can go. This is what I got told. Okay. Um, the owners came over and they found out that the conversation been had, and he said like, "Well, I don't know what he said. He's a Chinese. He, he, he got translated by his sister. There's a lot of banging on the tables, etc." And said like, "You will not leave this club. Basically, like okay. you, we're going to build the club." Yeah. For me, that was fine. I felt wanted. He said, we're going to build a club, a new training line, you're going to be a big part of it. So I went away from that and it was great. He said, um, but I do understand because I had to explain, you know, it's not just football as well. This is life changing for my family. If I get this move right, I won't have to work when I finish football and my family will be sorted, my kids will be sorted. Uh, like This is a big thing, everything I've worked towards. Uh, they said, okay, fine, we're going to offer you a new contract. We know that you can play in the Premier League and the valuation's right, but we're not going to let you go. Anyway, so I left uh, that conversation. I went home. I was a little bit... I felt a bit hurt that I wasn't going to get my chance, but I also felt really honoured that they understood that it wasn't only football. It changed my life. It changed my family's life. The two people in charge of... Uh, people coming, people going, um, then started to slowball me. Um, so we had the conversation with the owner and then he went back to China and then the season was upcoming I said look I want to get this put to bed so I can concentrate on the season and there was no conversations there was ignoring like my agent's calls and it was going around and then I find out that one of them was having a conversation still with Brighton about possibly still doing a deal and my head at this point is thinking what the hell's going on like, I, I have to be 100% committed I have to be focused uh, so I spoke to them again and just said like look I need my situation sorted out. The owner said I'm staying. That is fine, but my situation needs to be sorted out. I said, can you have conversation with them? Email. Oh, no, they're away, they're away. So then it got to the point leading up to the start of the season. I wasn't training with the team at this point. After I spoke with Clement, he said, like, you need to get your head right. Everything needs to be right. And then you come in and come back flying. It was fine. That, that was the plan. Another week goes by, and then this got to the point where I said to uh, the two in charge, you need to have a conversation with the owner. The situation needs to be sorted out. I need to be signed, sealed, done, and I'm playing next week and I'm good to go. And again, nothing was said. So then I said, like, look, I really don't want to do this. And I still regret now because I don't feel like it's right because the club's done a lot for me. But I said, uh, I'm going to have a transfer request. I'm going to show that I do want to make a move. And like I am ambitious to go and play at the top league. I think they thought I wouldn't do it, which was... <laughs> It's not a game, but it's what needed to be done. It happened. Two days later, the owners flew over from uh, China. We had a barbecue here, sat me down in the room again and apologised, said the situation should have been tied up much quicker than it was. Within a, three days, I'd signed my contract and I was back playing. So people don't see that side of it from the outside. Uh, but in the inside, that is what ha was happening. I was being reasonable from moment one to the end. I said, look, it's a it's a great move for myself. It's what I want to do. But you also understand it's for my family. They said, yes, we do. The figures got hit that they wanted, but they didn't want to let me move. They offered me a contract. I think people were trying to be clever and trying to slow things down.
but I was disappointed with how the, the situation got handled and thankfully the owners um, took the effort to come over and sort it out and the rest is history really I just got my head down um, the lads knew my situation so there was no problem here the manager fully supported me I think he was disappointed with how it was being handled above him eventually like I say when the middleman got cut out got sorted focused and I gave him 100% um, from when I signed first time 2015 whenever it was 2016 and continue to do so now yeah there is an insight into the world of football and how there you go and I knew this was going to get asked this question yeah. and I'm, I'm happy it did because it just from the outside it would look oh Brighton want Liam Moore Liam Moore hands in transfer requests transfer requests get cancelled doesn't play that wasn't my thinking from the moment they registered interest I said it was something I wanted to do but if it wasn't the case when a player's valuation is met that's when like a new contract happens and it's like everyday world and whether you work in a car dealership or whatever that's kind of how it works and it just didn't work like that people above not not the owners but the people sort of the situation wasn't handling it right at all and that's what it came to it came to me missing the first two games of the season which hurt me more than anyone because I played every single minute of every game last season but eventually it got sorted it got put behind us and, and the people that matter you know the manager the players they all understood my situation and well, it's changed above now people, I think things are getting handled in better ways and that's where we're at yeah, yeah, it has changed a little bit, thankfully now, but we won't go into that. <laughs> it has been a big change, and I think that is a key factor in why things are changing at the club. But it's really interesting to know all of that stuff, because as an outsider, you see a player putting in a transfer request. I, I kind of saw what, what was happening a little bit. I kind of understood that you thought you were forced into that situation. Because yeah, you didn't want to do it. It was pretty clear, because normally if a player puts in a transfer request really quickly... You think, okay, they just want to go. And that's oh, it. it was going on for seven yeah. weeks. This, this is what the issue was. Um, and I was getting two sides of the story because obviously there was two people in charge. One was telling me that if a certain uh, value was met, I wouldn't, I'd be left, I'd leave, no one would stand in my way. The other one was telling me you won't leave at all. The valuation got met and then nothing was happening. And then for a player, the four, well, being in the middle, is, is the worst place you can possibly be. You need to know exactly where you're at. And I couldn't physically go on playing that game against Derby or Forest, knowing my head was in the place it was in. And I'd be letting the team down because I never want to do that. And thankfully it got sorted. That's all I can say. Thankfully it got sorted. And and thankfully I'm getting the opportunity to, to kind of have my say on it as well because it, it was a big thing. And I, I don't agree with people that just instantly put in a transfer request. If, if Brighton would have bid... One million pound, and I put in a transfer request. I'll I'll have to have my hands, hold my hands up, and say no, that's not right. There's a valuation put on my head, not by me, by the by people in charge, and that valuation got met and then met again because it went higher, and there was still nothing happening. And I was saying like, look, do you kind of understand how football works? Like, if I am that rated player, then you need to let me go and mm. be and and and, and realise my potential. Or if not, you want to build a club as was being sold to me then I, I need to be paid accordingly if you like just like anyone else would be at uh, Tesco or in a car dealership and I think people if they kind of got this insight from footballers they would understand it a little bit more I love football I want to be as successful as I can in football I want to be as successful as I can with this club I also want to earn a living for my family uh, for my, my kids 
and I, I want to I wanna live a nice life when I retire because I've worked so hard from this. People start work when they get to 15, 16, 17. For me and for most footballers, you start at five years old. Like, I was going training three times a week at an academy, all the away trips, everything. So you work to this moment to get to a point in your career where you peak, if you like, or I believe I've still got another level to go, but you get to that level where you need to seek the rewards. And I felt like I deserved that, I'd earned that. And that's why that kind of happened. Um, thankfully, the owners agreed with that, and, and that's where we're at. I saw your recent uh, comment about the owners uh, in Jonathan Lowe from London saying that they need to show some kind of intent this summer, not necessarily spending huge amounts of money or anything like that, because I don't think that's going to be that likely, but it's signing the right players with the right attitude, as in... Uh, quite a few of the loan players that we've got at the moment or similar types are you comfortable that that's going to be happening from what you're feeling and what you're seeing uh, well obviously you've got owners of the club that pump the money in which is unbelievable that mm. people do that in this day and age because it's a lot of money you know um, and they employ people to do the other side of it the players and we have people in charge now that have the connections and have the resources to sign players with the right mentality Um so I know that when Brighton were interested in myself, they was doing 15 or 20 character references, previous clubs, loan clubs. I'm not sure if that was happening previously at the club, but I feel like now it is. So that makes me feel much more comfortable um, and everybody else in the dressing room that when these people come in, they're going to have the right mentality. They're going to be here for the right reasons because you can go and spend X amount of pound on a player. But if they're not got the right mentality or they're not of the right age, then they might be coming for a last payday or this might be the best it's ever going to get for them. Whereas you look back at um, the start of Yap's era, you had a lot of players here that have still had a lot to prove. And that's the same with the loan players. It's, it's, a common, it's a common theme. If you've got players that need to prove something and want to go to the next level, it doesn't mean if you're 30, you you can't because when you, I've met many people at 30, 31 that want to improve they want to keep going and get to the best level uh, no no more so than John O'Shea you know he keeps going and he wants to be here if we can continue to sign players like that with ability yeah and I'm, I'm confident going back to your question I'm confident that they can do that here um, I just don't personally know what the situation is with the FFP yeah. I've read little bits here and there from the manager I think that will probably be spoken about when we're safe about what actually will be happening um, but I'd like to think we'll keep our better players and and add to that as well Yeah we've obviously seen a lot of players leave in January for different reasons for some of them I'm sure um, will move their careers on we've also saw this slightly um, unusual move of Sonia Luko leaving and going to China I mean that is uh, yeah, to the sister club of the owner, I think, as well. So um, we'll see how that one works out. But um, it's kind of the question that uh, a lot of people are asking me on the basis of what we were just saying was, Liam, are you going to be here next season? Just going to ask you outright, because there's no point in uh, mixing around with it, is there? At this moment in time, myself, along with everyone in that dressing room, I, I don't think anybody actually knows. That's my honest opinion. There hasn't been any signal to say I won't. So I, I suppose I should take that as I will. But it sounds complicated. But obviously you see what's being said in the press that we're going to need to offload players. Uh, we're going to need to cut, 
cut down the books if you like mm. hopefully there's ways around that that there's players that maybe they've already made their mind upon that are out on loan they can do that that way and then I will be along with the rest of the uh, the rest of the, the players playing at the minute and the players that can take the team forward all I can say is the club's dealt with in a much better way now I think the club's uh, they're looking to the future as well it's not just a single mind of this season next season because you've seen what's happened at other clubs and it's not good the points deduction and what's going on at Bolton as well it's really it, it's not right uh, and from my personal point of view I won't be pushing anything there won't be another incident of a transfer request or anything like that I just give everything I've got for the club um, I've done that from the moment I come through the door and if I'm told any different I'm told different, but at this moment in time, I, I'm not. I get you back. For that incident on social media, when you put up after he came back in that game and he showed you just kind of like walking away like some kind of Inspector Gadget move <laughs> in his water. But the, the moment I enjoyed the most was when he knew someone called Claire, who obviously works for Redden Football Club, and he was like being he was being told off by a teacher. Yeah, that was brilliant. That <laughs> made the video. So obviously, I didn't realise that Claire was in the room opposite. Um, she works in the offices. She's brilliant. She does everything. And then she's since Joseph's come, she's been like a player liaison as well. Helps out uh, like at hotels and things like that. Um, so I've obviously done that. I put, I put the phone on, thinking he, he won't spot it, which luckily he didn't. But I've obviously smashed the door quite loud. So whoever's been near thought. That was a knock on their door, and then he's opened the door. And Claire's opened the door, and they both just looked at each other, <laughs> and she just told him off. And yeah, he's like, sorry, Claire, sorry. It's brilliant, honestly. But I'm very, very nervous because he's a bit of a prankster, Maka. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got a bit up his locker, so um, up his sleeve, should I say? And, uh, I'm on my toes, and also Yids as well with the picture I put out a few weeks ago of him looking like Blade. Um, so I'm just trying to get through the next three weeks. You, you're just putting yourself into trouble. And you know that. You I know am, it's I coming. Am. It's, it's just good, a matter it's of when, spirit, isn't it? Though. It's good spirit. Every yeah, time I get like ready, um, I'm checking my socks and my boxes and all the rest <laughs> of it, making sure nothing's been cut. So. Sprayed on or anything like that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I think it's great as a fan to see that because you wouldn't have put that out a few months ago, I don't think. Because it's all about timing gone, as well yeah. because, you know, people, you have to have a laugh and a smile whatever's mm. happening uh, but it's about doing things at the right time I feel, I feel like you know if you're not doing so well you have to ease off the social media a little bit just because of perception I think people that you know uh, understand the situation they'll understand that little things are happening in the training ground but if you're losing certain people it's just an excuse it's an excuse oh they're doing that so that's why they're losing so you have to be careful and when you're winning you can't do it too much either because you've got to balance it uh, a little bit here and there is good though it's good light heartedness and oh, it shows that we've got a bit yeah. of bit of humour as well yeah it's what you want to see fans uh, want to see the team having good team spirit as they call it and if that's not there you don't see it on the pitch do you and we're clearly seeing it on the pitch if, like you say if you put it out when you're losing people, you will get the replies of people saying oh why well, they should be concentrating more on training 
because of course you don't train at all when you're losing it doesn't work like that does it? <laughs> no, does it? you just go in you play a bit of xbox and then you go home again <laughs> it doesn't quite work like that but no it's uh, Somebody uh, sent me um, uh, a question saying that um, they went to a Belgian third division match. Just, just bear with me on this. And uh, they saw someone singing, a player singing at the end of a match, uh, a chant from one of the team. You know, it could be anyone. So if we stay up, Liam, will you be singing a player's chant on Instagram, maybe? Or, you know, something uh, like that? If, what about if Club 1871 come up with a chant for you? You know, you're <laughs> um, I know a player that we could definitely get to do that. Who's that? Yaku Mate. He oh, loves no, the spotlight. That. That. That's he, an easy yeah. one, isn't it? <laughs> I've had a bit of a cop out there. But yeah, I could definitely get him to do it. Um, yeah, Yaku would be great though to do it. I just... Yeah. Uh, listen, I'd, I'd give anything to stay up. I've already promised oh. the lads and the staff the moment we stay up, I'm going to take every one of them out for a meal. Mm. so that that's my deed so, so no you might have to get another player <laughs> do you know what I, I said it to my missus the other day and she said I hope it's McDonald's because <laughs> <laughs> we've got some holidays to go on you've given all your money away <laughs> but no um, the atmosphere is good around the place and I feel like that's what I'll do as my deed and you'll have to get someone else to do the singing because I'm terrible with lyrics yeah um, I wasn't sure that was going to work, but I, mean, I just like this idea of you stood at the Medeski Stadium on the balcony on the top of the Upper West singing Yaku Mete song. But it's not if, we happen, promoted, it? if we got oh. promoted a season, you count me in, I'll do anything like that. But we need to stay in this league. You said a uh, dangerous we... thing there. That will get remembered. Did I say I'll do anything? Um, <laughs> within reason, yeah. I would, to be fair. Yeah, no. And also, people have been asking, because if you remember, I don't know if you remember, that you were sent a box of uh, chocolate digestives by a fan a couple of years ago, math. Are you still weak to the chocolate digestive or not? Uh, yes and no. I am weak, but not as weak. So, for instance, I had some last night for the first time in a while, but I only ate five, which is very, very good for myself. <laughs> when when uh, it came out a while ago, I how many were you going through then, Liam? Fives? It's kind of embarrassing to be fair, but if you look back on pictures of me when I signed for the club to this point, mm. I've managed to get myself in better nick. I didn't realise that I wasn't in the best nick. I felt good, I still felt quick and etc. And I felt like I was getting through games, but I had a picture once someone I thought, I'm not looking in the best shape. Like, I really do need to cut out the digestives. And them alone... <laughs> I'm telling you, it's made a big difference. It has. Just them? Um, yeah. Pretty much them, yeah. And but you had a bit of a binge last night. Well, I had five, so I would say that's moderate, that's fine. Um, but if if we stay up, I'll probably treat myself to a pack, a family pack at that as well. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Yeah, definitely. If you stay up, if we stay up, I'm going to. I know you can't don't, say because no, you're a no, player. Don't say it. But I'm, I know, I'm going to say we're co- I'm confident. Okay, that's yeah, okay that's to say that isn't it yeah, yeah, yeah confidence yeah. man just not we've done it already oh no 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 no, we no, no, to, no we need to, we no, need to get another result we'll no I've seen some fans saying oh I think we're going to stay up with some journalists and I think no 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 we haven't if we let that creep in madness happens it always does surprising league and surprising football some of the, the things that happen you just you can't take your foot off the pedal for a minute no but thank goodness we're in this position rather than where we were three months ago the whole club is so much more if you look at some fun. of the results we've picked up recently as well if we didn't pick them up, we would have been in a real bad position. You know, mm. the last minute goal against Wigan, Ipswich, that's that's four extra points. We're, we're in the relegation zone if we, we didn't pick them up. Or but, just out by goal difference, it's 
But that goal against Norwich, it was one point. Huge, but how yeah. big was that? Just in mentality wise, it yes. was a massive boost. Yeah, it was. It was, and you're seeing that from the start of the game uh, on Saturday. As a fan, that kind of lit me up. Yeah, that made me think. Hang on, we've got a team here that's not stopping. Yeah, and I think as players, we it kind of uh, took us to another level as well because that game. For Norwich fans and Norwich players, they would say, no, they were rubbish, really. they didn't create anything, they didn't do anything. We were good that game, we was very good. Like The mm. the shape, the desire and the will to win was, was top draw. To concede that worldie, the, the centre-half played a 1-2 from Brilliant. 25 yards out and put it in the top corner, you're thinking, oh... When are you going to do that, Liam? Yeah. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we're thinking, we'll take a point and then the corner, um, they've put an out-swinger uh, it's gone into just in front of my zone and it's, it's kept going out and out so it's about the penalty spot so that kind of stage you think right get a jump on him if you can win it great if you can't you're putting him off he's just going to loop it he's put it in from about 13 yards 12, 13 yards and at that point you're thinking oh my goodness like we're under a bit of pressure like we need something um, so I took myself up front like I normally do and we loaded on all the strikers and we just went for it and to score in that moment it was huge. It was such a relief, and it was hopefully a springboard for us to pick up a couple of successive results because we we got good results that day, and then we've got a really really big few days coming up. Friday, Monday mm. could be pretty much there if we do our job. Yeah, definitely. As I said to you before we start recording this, my girlfriend would not sleep in the same room as me after that game against Norwich. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe there's other reasons, I don't know. But, <laughs> but she was not happy with me. And I said to her, you're still going to go up. But yeah, she said, oh, it's just so typical. Yeah, <laughs> well, as I said as well, um, they've had enough of us recently. They've had the charity mm. of the 7-1. Tell me about it. And then they've mm. had the, a couple of results at our place. So... A point's the least you could give us back, to be honest. Yeah, and I said this to her, and I said, come on, you don't really need the win, and we don't want to go well what she was saying. <laughs> <laughs> it's not appropriate. But yeah, no, they're still going to go up, but let's not worry about them. It's all about Reading. So I'd like to say thanks a lot for doing this, Liam. I really appreciate it. Um, it's really good to see the players' point of view, and hopefully we get to do some more at some point in the future with you, other players, who knows? Absolutely. Um, for me personally, I enjoy doing these things. Um, as I think I said off there, it's good for people to get to know the players. You see us on a Saturday and sometimes on a Tuesday, a little bit of social media here and there, but you don't get to hear our side of it uh, and you don't get to hear our thoughts on it. Personally, I'd, I'd love to do it again. And yeah, thanks for doing it. I hope it comes across right and uh, I continue to give me everything for, for Reading. But you're definitely coming across really well, Liam. I won't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Thank mate. you very much. Thank you.